This is Called by God, stories of ordained women in the Anglican Diocese of Grafton. I'm Reverend Cathy Ridd and welcome. Today I'm in conversation with the Venerable Kay Hart, Rector of the Parish of Maclean and Archdeacon of the Northern part of the Diocese. Kay, thank you so much for speaking with me today. I wonder if you could tell me, how did you sense God calling you to ordained ministry? Well, I didn't sense God calling me to ordained ministry. Other people did. And I started getting questions and hints from other people. And those questions became more and more frequent. And they began to come from people who didn't know me very well, people who had only met me a couple of times, not people who knew and loved me and worked with me in the parish I was in. So eventually I began to take those questions seriously. So as you started to respond to God's call, what was challenging and what was life-giving? So what was challenging was that um, at the time these questions started, my husband was not a Christian and he resented how much time I was spending at church. I was very heavily involved. Um, I was involved in Sunday school, youth group, um, as a warden. I was basically at church six days a week and it became one of the issues in our household. And whenever there was any argument, the church was brought up. And as a man who wasn't a Christian himself, he couldn't understand the difference between church and God. And I hadn't been listening to him either. Um, and so when all of these questions were coming, one of my immediate answers was, well, marriage is a sacrament too. And I firmly and strongly believe that God called Alan and I together. Uh, and that God wouldn't be calling for anything that would mean that we would part. So going forward and doing anything further with my Christian faith just wasn't an option. So that was a really big challenge. Um, another challenge was that I had never done tertiary education. I'd left school at the end of year 11 because I was offered a job. I'd never done any further study of any real depth. Um, so I was worried about that. And there was also the cost um, in, you know, getting a degree is not cheap and getting a theology degree at that time had no access to anything like um, hex or anything like that. Uh, so those were the main challenges, I guess. Um, God's pretty good at getting across challenges. Um, so at around the same time all of these questions were happening, the government introduced help, they were calling it at that time, and it meant that you could do a theology degree under the same circumstances as, as Hex. There was a day where my husband's father died, and the day after he died we were travelling up to where he came from, and... We were just stopped at an intersection and 
he just turned to me and said, so what's next for you with regards to church? And I thought he was going to have a go at me, um, and I asked him what he meant. And he said, well, I think he meant to do more. So that conversation <laughs> just came out of the blue and nowhere, and so we went forward and we explored that. So what was life-giving was um, that Alan was prepared to explore this. And as I grew um, throughout the process, he grew through the process. And I always say that when I was ordained, Alan was ordained into a particular new life as well. It was just, that was really life-giving. That Something that had pulled us apart was now something that we were growing in together along slightly different paths but growing into together uh, my fears about the study um, well I guess the the fears about the study it went down two separate paths one was life-giving in that all of the fears ended up being um, a waste of time because I did very well However, that placed pressure because every time you get a really good mark, <laughs> the next time you think you've got to, you've got to achieve as well. Um, and assignments and examinations became really, really stressful for me. Um, it was life-giving to get the marks that showed that you did well, but I didn't hand in one item that I was sure I was even going to pass on. So there was a huge stress, but it was really life-giving to get the results and discover that you had actually learned something. But it was the actual learning. Um, I was lucky enough to do the vast majority of my study face-to-face -face as part of a class, and that was incredibly life-giving. Um, I was lucky enough to have great lecturers, and I learned a lot from them. But I learned more, I think, from the discussions before and after class and at breaks and at lunch and the just the collegiality, um, and that was really life-giving for me. You've just shared how Alan had moved to becoming clearly your, your biggest supporter. Yeah. Who else supported you on that journey to ordination? Um, well, our friend Rod MacDonald, who was just recently locum dean at the cathedral, was a little bit of a steamroller supporter for me. Uh, he was one of the first people who spoke to me um, about this uh, and so he's been a great support. Um, my parish priest at the time uh, was just absolutely fantastic. Her name is Valerie Hall uh, and we were in the Goodna Parish in Brisbane Diocese. Uh, she's now retired um, but she was she's been a huge part of my spiritual journey in its entirety not just in ordination but she certainly was my cheerleader and um, really supported me um, and she was wonderful when when the academic stuff was becoming just too much she was wonderfully pragmatic and helpful at those times and interestingly family and friends who were not involved in the church were all very supportive and really helpful um, my kids were grown up and out of home and they're not churchgoers um, 
but they were really supportive and really curious. And so um, I was just reminiscing with one son a couple of days ago. He had a birthday and uh, he had a big party the night before and we went around the next day and had lunch with him and the um, leftover guests. And we all sat around a, a huge table and one of them said, you know, um, I hear that you're studying to be a priest. Why on earth would you do that? And that was a that was a real great opportunity to talk to a group of young people about faith. Um, and it showed me that my son was sharing what was going on for me with his with his friends. Yeah, that's 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 huge. It is. He was turning twenty one, so that's huge. Absolutely huge. Yeah. What do you see as the biggest issues for women in ordained ministry in the Anglican Church of Australia today? I actually believe that the most objections that I've received have been from particular parishioners. And not always, but in most cases, that seems to be from other women and women who are perhaps just one generation ahead of me. Um, it's quite surprising just how vocal and how definite they are in their objections to other women being ordained. Um, other than this parish, in every parish I've been in, there have been people who object to female priests, and there have been people who won't take communion from a female priest, um, and yet they will receive other ministry quite happily. And quite often that's the woman a little bit older than I am. Uh, sometimes it's men too. I was very lucky early in my journey that um, I came from a parish I've mentioned, Valerie Hall was our priest for quite some time before I entered the formation process. So I was used to women priests and um, everybody that I knew was quite um, open to um, female ordination and I'd not really seen too many objections. I didn't feel that my path was any more difficult because of the fact that I was a female. Uh, than anybody else's and um, the degree and the formation process weren't any more difficult. It was, um, I went through a group that was basically half and half, half female and half male and we did have um, at least one male student who were really uncomfortable with the idea, but by the time we got to the end of the process, he had changed his mind by living and working, with, well, we didn't live on campus, but um, working with us and studying with us had realized, well, actually, women have got some gifts to offer as well. It was really only when I got out into parish land that I saw objections. And you still do, you still get people that will challenge you. Mm -hmm. So in the midst of all of that, what gives you joy when you reflect on your ministry so far? We are welcomed into people's lives in their most vulnerable moments. Their joys and 
even more often into their dark times. And we are invited to come in and walk alongside them and they tend to be incredibly open and honest. And we get the opportunity to be the hands and arms of Christ that can physically wrap around them and bring Christ's love to them and support them and remind them of how God is travelling with them through whatever they're going through and that God's there applauding and cheering in the joyful times as well. Um, and I never underestimate the value of that gift of being invited into the vulnerable times. Offering the Eucharist is huge for me. Um, I remember when I was first asked to be the equivalent of an LLM and I said, there's no way I can you know, give somebody the wine. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not good enough for that. I couldn't possibly do that. And I never lost the, the wonder and the awe of, of doing that. And now that I'm a priest and I actually get to participate in the consecration and the distribution of communion, there's not a single time that that doesn't really hit me. Um, it, it, it's just so special and so wonderful and so awesome, but in the real meaning of the word, awesome. Okay, thank you so much for sharing part of your story with me. Next time, I'll be in conversation with the Reverend Ruth Pobjoy. I hope you can join me then. Goodbye. Called by God is produced in the Diocese of Grafton as part of the celebration to mark the 30th anniversary of the ordination of women in the diocese. Produced and edited by the Reverend Kathy Ridd. Copyright 2023.